I'd like to share with you uh, a few thoughts on this Christmas Eve by way of a short message or what is called a homily. In, in this season, um, our church here at Trinity Presbyterian has been looking at the concept of Christ descending, God the Son descending from heaven to, to this earth. And uh, the key text is Philippians 2, that, uh, that we are to have this same mind, that although Christ existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself and became a man. And uh, he became a man, and not only a man, but a servant, and was willing to go all the way to the cross. And so we've been uh, celebrating this extraordinary truth that Christ is the one who descends to, uh, to rescue us, to reach us. Very briefly and quickly tonight, I'd like to talk about two kinds of comfort. Uh, one comfort is rather shallow, and the other is much, much deeper. Um, I, have a, I have an unspoken agreement with our congregation. Uh, I can use just three food illustrations a year. Um, I love food. I'm with you. I love the holidays. Um, and uh, if you need me to come over and sample your roast, I'll come on over. Um, I enjoy food illustrations because I think food is so powerful. Uh, it's hard to, uh, to be uh, uh, eating a German chocolate cake, a piece of German chocolate case and, a cake, and think about anything else than German chocolate cake, right? So food is all, uh, it gets, gets our attention, doesn't it? Uh, as we have done a number of events here as a church and school, we were, we've included snacks. Um, I observed one particular snack that we were giving out to children. Uh, now, some adults were in the line, too. But it was our picnic that we had uh, earlier this year. At uh, the beginning of our school year, we had a picnic. And there was one uh, treat that the kids just loved, and it was, there was no charge. It was a, an endless buffet of cotton candy. Now, as a kid growing up, cotton candy was just the, you know, the highest of, of, of glorious food snacks. I, I, I think it's somewhere on that food pyramid. But, um, but, but cotton candy, what a wonderful thing. And what, what, what an amazing thing. Apparently, it goes way back to the Middle Ages where, where spun sugar was really, really rare and only for, for royalty. Uh, and cotton candy is a great picture of a certain level of comfort. This pink sweetness, an instant rush of sugar. Uh, and, and the next question for us is how long does that, that comfort last? Tonight, uh, maybe you're thinking about the level of your comfort, the things you're chasing in life. The comfort or the rush uh, that comes from pursuing your career uh, career, careers are good, but you're after a, a feeling, a certain sense of security. There's, a, there's the rush of, ex, of excitement of not missing out on something. And that's why people are updating their Facebook constantly. And, and we want to be up to date, as up to date as possible. There, there's a, we're chasing after something. I would call it, we're chasing after the magic it. It's a magic it. Maybe you already have a house. Maybe it's a, it's a vacation home. Uh, maybe it's, maybe you're starting to see the need to having, having a boat. Maybe you're seeing the need to get rid of your boat. Um, there's a magic it. A magic it. And, and we're pursuing it. And uh, would you reflect on that cotton candy? The level of, 
of comfort that comes from cotton candy. It's momentary. It has a kind of a powerful uh, experience to it, but it's so short, short-lived, isn't it? There's another kind of comfort, and it's called body and soul comfort. Body and soul comfort. And for this, though, I've got to tell you about some of the things I've seen as a pastor. Oh, I've been there when there's excitement over things that happen in people's lives, marriages, weddings, uh, a newborn baby. Those are great days. But the body and soul comfort I'm talking about is a real deep comfort that is able to face anything in life. Anything in life. Deep body, soul comfort. Travel with me for a moment. Imagine a story. Put yourself in this story. You, uh, you go to the doctor, and the doctor uh, instantly refers you to a specialist. There's a pain in you that will not go away. You see the specialist, and she comes out, and she's greatly troubled. She communicates to you the troubling news. She sees your countenance fall, and um, surprisingly, she says to you, there's a room here at the hospital, and I want you to go into this room. And I think you'll find there the kind of comfort that you need. So curious thing. And so you travel the corridors of the hospital, and as you're walking, you're reflecting on the news you just heard back in that office, and you're disturbed, and your life is flashing before you, and you're realizing how short life is as you see people being wheeled into surgery and, and suddenly you realize how inattentive you've been to your deepest, your deepest need in life. You see, cotton candy comfort is just not ever going to work at this point. In fact, you actually glance out the window and, and it's, it's unique. This, this hospital had just hosted a, a carnival the day before in the parking lot. And, and it was kind of a fundraiser and it was the, to the delight of many. And there you see men loading a van with equipment from that carnival. You're looking through a window, and you're you're traveling to that room the specialist told you to go to, and you look through that window, and and you see, strangely enough, someone carrying that funny cotton candy machine. And they put it in the van, and, and they shut the door. And that image represents your whole life. And then you find the door of that room that that specialist told you to go find. And there you find this door opening up into a room. And the room is is a chapel. It's the hospital chapel room. And there you see stained glass. And, and quite, quite powerfully, in the, in the stained glass, you hear these words. Excuse me, you read these words. And you sit there in the front row, all by yourself. No one else is there. And you sit down, and in the stained glass are these words from 1560, 500 years ago. This is from the Heidelberg Catechism. Listen to this message about comfort. Listen to this. What is your only comfort in life and in death? And here's the answer, that I, with body and soul, both in life and death, am not my own, but belong unto my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, 
who with his precious blood has fully satisfied for all my sins and delivered me from all the power of the devil and so preserves me that without the will of my heavenly father, not a hair can fall from my head. Yea, that all things must be subservient to my salvation. And therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me sincerely willing and ready henceforth to live unto him. What is your only comfort in life and in death? Do you, with body and soul, belong to Jesus Christ, your Savior? What is the level of your comfort this Christmas Eve? Now, these momentary comforts come and they are powerful and they are good. They're meant to be momentary. But they are not ever meant to satisfy you at the level of your body and soul the way Jesus Christ can. And you see, what we're bumping into tonight as we remember this, and some are here, you are veterans of Christmases, and you know these songs, and you know this scripture. You are, what, what is so delightful about this is that you are, you are remembering the big, big story, and it includes this picture of something beyond your life, and it's delightful. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity has been working to create this world, to redeem this world, and you are now being brought into this great, great story, and it is culminating in the birth of Christ. And can you say with the Heidelberg Catechism, this great big story is teaching me that God, God masterfully oversaw the the life of his son such that I now have a savior. Everything is subservient to God's master plan. Nothing, not a hair can fall from my head without my heavenly father willing it to be that. You see, what we're doing tonight is we are watching the dawn of redemption again. We're seeing those early, the early rays of the morning light, the, the purple, the violets. When no one else can tell that it's morning, you and I are up very early in the morning and we're seeing those early rays and we are saying it is now no longer night. We say this with the church around the world, it is now no longer night and God communicates that to us tonight for our comfort His son descended that we would have the comfort of eternal life, piercing the darkness, overcoming the darkness. And so now, tonight, when you hold your candle, thank God, if you are trusting in Christ as your Savior, if you know him, say to him, I know that you are working all things together for my good. Tonight is is a reminder of your great plan for me. If you don't know Christ, we would love to have a conversation with you. We'd love for you to to move well beyond cotton candy comfort, well beyond that, the kind of comfort that you'll need should there be bad news from the doctor. And you would have a way of understanding it, a a way of receiving it, a way of triumphing over it to live in the power of God's good news for you. That's our prayer for you. That's our longing for you. So maybe tonight you have questions about about Christ, about the Bible. We'd love to talk with you. It would make sense that, that if, if on a night like this you've come curious and perhaps you, you don't know what it's like to trust Jesus. What does that look like? What does that mean? We'd love to have a conversation with you. Let me, uh, let me close this in prayer. Let's pray.
Our Father, we thank you for the dawn of redemption, the powerful, powerful story of Jesus Christ. Heavenly glory touching earth. You were willing to send your son. You were willing to send your spirit. You were willing to, to be among us even tonight. Remind us, rekindle in us a, a hunger and love for you. Grant to us, Lord, to see that you have pierced through the darkness. May we rededicate our lives to you, surrender ourselves to you. Father, we, we would confess to you that our, we, are, we are held captive by so many temporary comforts. Father, we ask that you do a deep work of comfort in our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.